It's Doug Keith with a brilliant uh, track, the opening track actually from his latest record. It's called Harvest Home. That's the name of the track and his record is called Pony. And Doug is a singer-songwriter based in New York. He's actually a punk rocker turned singer-songwriter and his music is filled with deep lyrics and smooth vocals. Pony is his third record and we're going to be chatting to him about it today. We have him on the line in New York. So let's check in with him. Doug, how are you doing today? Good, good. Hey, great to have you on the line, man. Thanks. Yeah, good to talk to you. We're very excited to have you uh, on on the show today. We're we're big fans of your music. We've been listening to Pony uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, so let's jump straight into it and and ask you, Doug, how is this new record going for you? Have you been touring it a lot? I um, it's been going great, but I have not been touring it a lot. I um, I take a lot of uh, session work as a guitar player, and I was pretty busy playing in a woman named Sharon Van Etten's band that kept me on the road for quite a while, just playing in her band. But now that tour has wrapped up and i'm looking at touring my own thing here pretty soon very exciting now this is your third record your first two were called uh here's to outliving me and the lucky ones are you very happy with pony uh, being your third record is are you very excited about it is it your favorite one uh yes yeah yeah definitely <laughs> of, of my three children if you will it's my favorite one for sure <laughs> Awesome, man. Awesome. Yes, because I've been reading some reviews online and some interviews, and uh, apparently this record is very different from your first two. Can you talk a little bit about what distinguishes this third record from your first two? Uh, the first two were really, um, I did them a lot by myself, uh, and I wrote a lot of them to tour just as like a solo acoustic singer-songwriter guy. And uh, with Pony, my goal was to kind of write a record that would force me to do a full loud rock band kind of thing and so a lot of the songs um i can pull off just solo but uh they're they're much more suited to a full band environment and i recorded with a set group of guys and we did it in two weeks and it was it was a lot of fun to make for sure awesome so when you go out on the road touring with pony are you going to get a band behind you i am yeah yeah that's the that's the plan awesome um so when can we expect some dates from this tour to be honest, I would say early next, early, early 2016. I'm uh, I'm actually working on writing a, a follow-up record right now, and things are kind of going well for that. Uh, so I'm sort of staying home and focused on that, and then I'm going to start touring like crazy next year. Great. So you're hoping to have the new record out before the tour? Uh, probably middle of next year, a new record. Yeah, that's the plan, at least right now. Man, well, that's exciting that you're able to give so much time to your solo career. It really sounds like things are taking off for you. Yeah, so far, so good. It's been going well. Can't complain. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, your origins as a musician, because I believe you spent some time when you were younger in San Francisco playing in punk rock bands. <laughs> I did, yes. Yeah, yeah. Instead of uh, university, I went to San Francisco and played punk rock. <laughs> so did you ever actually make it to university, or have you just stuck at music over the years? I uh, just stuck with music over the years. I was, I was originally going to go to San Francisco for a year and play some music and then go to university, but uh, it just kind of kept snowballing and going, so I stuck with it. So how many bands did you play in when you were in San Francisco? I was in uh, three kind of at all times. And there was one that was sort of the mainstay that I did for the most part. Would you be able to tell us the names of those bands? Uh, yeah. The main band was called The Gods Hate Kansas. And then uh, I played in a band called Shotwell for a little while. Uh, Suspended in Amber and Ask the Dust was one of the other mainstays. Must have been great to play in a whole bunch of different bands, really get to, you know, <laughs> cut your teeth on the scene. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. It was good. I mean, punk rock at the age of like 19, 20, 21, 22, there's kind of no better life. It's pretty free flowing and you're just out there on the road in a van with your friends. So it's, it's a good time. And I guess California is a good place to be for punk rock in general. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. The whole like the whole Berkeley punk rock scene is pretty, it's still amazing and thriving. It always has been. I was sort of drawn out there with the whole, not necessarily Green Day, but the world that they came out of. I had this kind of fantasy of what it would be. And I sort of fell into that world and met a bunch of those guys, which was pretty fun. So when you were playing in these bands, were you doing predominantly guitar or did you do some vocals as well? I actually, I had never toured before when I got out there and I met a guy who was looking for a bass player. So I mainly played bass and a little bit of backup singing, but I played guitar in a couple of them, but for the most part, I was a bass player. All right. And then at some point you moved to New York and started doing more work on the guitar. Tell us about that transition. Yeah, uh, I moved out to New York in my early 20s and uh, mainly, actually mainly to try and try something outside the punk realm a little bit and just sort of, you know, hang with some different friends and people and things. And so I started playing guitar in some bands as soon as I arrived here in New York and uh, basically kind of became more known as a guitar player, I guess, in the the world of music, if you will, um, but still occasionally taking a bass gig or two. And then I mainly played in other people's bands and started really writing songs, I would say about eight to 10 years ago or so, where I kind of got really involved in writing my own stuff and starting to play some of my own shows and things like that. Okay, so playing as a solo artist as Doug Keith, that's actually been something that's been going on for almost a decade now in the background. Uh, yeah, yeah, in, in sort of a haphazard, <laughs> halfway way. I've I always kind of played with other people, but now I'm sort of definitely 50-50. I'll play with other people, but then also need to spend equal amount of time on my own thing, for sure. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I'm so stoked that your solo career is uh, taking off, man. It's always uh, great to be able to focus so much time on your own material. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. And what's it like playing in Sharon's band? Does that keep you quite busy? Uh, it does. Yeah. It's, um, it's been very busy. She's, I've been, I helped her start her first band. I saw her as a solo person and approached her about playing with some other people. And we sort of put a band together around that. So that's been very busy for about five years as her career has just sort of skyrocketed and sort of taken off. And we've had all these great experiences together. Uh, we just wrapped up touring for her last record and, uh, we're going to, she wants to take a one to two to maybe even three years off from before the next record. So I'm going to focus on my own stuff in that interim there. That's awesome, man. So you, right now you're actually currently writing for your fourth record. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of writing and trying demoing and trying things out. I think I've probably written 15 songs, but I would say three of them. I'm very excited about putting on a record. The other 12 need a little more massaging and work. <laughs> <laughs> and where do you plan to record this fourth record? Probably down in North Carolina, uh, in the States again, and with a few of the same guys from the last record, actually. I love New York City, but I do love getting out of New York City to record, and there's just a lot of things to take care of when I'm home in New York, and it's nice to step away from that and fully focus on the recording process and all that sort of thing. Okay, so in terms of the sound uh, between Pony and this new record, what are you hoping to achieve on the, on the fourth record sonically? Hmm, that's a good question. It's gonna, uh, It'll be a little bit more produced i would say the pony i kind of purposely didn't try to overproduce the songs and sort of let them come out in a little bit more of a natural uh, way and this one i'm doing a lot of demoing trying to find some things to throw in there and sort of shake them up and sort of change up the sound a little bit it'll be a, it'll be a more produced record i'd say 
And in terms of other singer-songwriters or solo artists, are there any other guys that you would uh, cite as influences in terms of the work you're doing now and the sound you're aiming for on this fourth record? Hmm. I, you know, I have been listening, just based on what I've been listening to a lot of, a lot of Tom Petty has been coming up. I've been listening to, I'm just amazed by the range of his catalog and the number of songs he has that I know every single word to. Uh, Tom Petty has been a huge one. Oddly enough, Waylon Jennings, I've been listening to a lot of Waylon Jennings records. So a little bit, it's not, there's not going to be no country necessarily, but there's a, something about his tone and his voice sort of falls in the octave that mine does a lot of the time. So uh, maybe a little bit of that in there. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm actually a massive Tom Petty fan. I used to listen to him when I was a kid, obviously got uh, uh, Full Moon Fever when I was really young and got into that because that was a big record for him. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, he was the first concert I ever saw. My dad took me to see him on the Full Moon Fever tour. I was very young, but I was so I was unbelievably excited and I've kind of just been a lifelong fan. And uh, recently, again, this I'd say this year, just started listening to him a lot. Like I listen to him very often. If you see me with headphones on, that's usually what's playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. It's great to have that in common with you because I've gone back and collected all of his older records and it was really exciting for me to get, especially I think it was his sort of first and second record, which I'd found quite hard to get in South Africa over the years. But with iTunes recently, I was able to track down some of those uh, well, more r rare records. And, yeah. And I've essentially, yeah. I've essentially collected uh, well, most of his records. I know most of his stuff, which is totally awesome. Yeah, yeah. Those those first few actually are unbelievably good. They're rock and roll records, but they have this kind of almost 70s funk backbeat to them that I'm way into. Now, you must have seen that documentary, Running Down a Dream. It's the four-hour documentary about uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I have. One of the, the uh, interesting points of tour is that you spend a lot of time sitting there and you can watch four-hour documentaries multiple times <laughs> while you're doing that in the van or on a plane or whatever. So I've seen it a couple of times, actually. Yeah, it's got to be one of my favorites. <laughs> I learned so much about the band and I love watching that first disc, especially from when the guys are young and how they get together and they make their first band recording. It's incredible. Yeah, and he's so uh, he's just so motivated. The story of him going to tell Ben Montench's dad that you know they're going to go to L.A. and become rock stars, and his son isn't going to go to college is kind of an amazing. I just love the confidence of this young Tom Petty, <laughs> scrawny <laughs> little guy, like with these songs. So yeah, cool. I, lo I love the fact that he just knew that's what he wanted to do. He saw Elvis on TV, or he met Elvis once, and he said, "That's what I want to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make it happen." Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, he's a he's a very interesting guy. Well, I was very cool I was very lucky to see Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers live for the first time in my life. I believe it was two years ago, 2013, in Pittsburgh, I believe. And that was an incredible night for me to see him play songs from his whole career. I was so stoked. Oh, awesome. Yeah, they're, they're an incredibly great live band. The whole, the whole everything about them. It's fairly like simple show production, but I, I love that about them. They just let their songs get up there and speak for them, which is amazing. Now, another artist, or in particular a record that was quite influential for you when you were young, I believe, was a Graceland from Paul Simon. Yes, yeah. I, I got that for Christmas one year from my dad as well, and uh, I spent a lot of time listening to that one. Well, that was recorded right here in South Africa. I know, I know, and uh, extremely influenced. I've actually hunted down a lot of the guys. I know there's the Ladysmith Black Mombazo, obviously, but then also the Boyoyo Boys records. I mean... I would say half of Graceland is basically Boyoyo Boys songs with Paul Simon singing over it. <laughs> yeah, well, if you like documentaries, you must check out the uh, documentary on Graceland. I believe it's called Under African Skies. Have you seen that one? I have not, no. I'll have to see that. Yeah, it's very, very good. It's all about the recording of Graceland, really, and uh, it's got Paul Simon in it. It came out about two or three years ago. I actually picked up a copy when I was in the States, so check that one out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely will. Very cool. 
All right, so I've got my co-host here, Brian, and he's going to ask you a couple of questions. Sounds good. Hi, Brian. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. Um, well, first, thank you for taking the time to uh, speak to us. This is very exciting. I actually wanted to ask, I hate to go back in time here, but um, you said before, you know, you started out your career really as a member of the San Francisco punk rock scene in a few different bands. Um, how did you find the transition from being a part-time bassist, you know, backup vocalist in a punk rock band to moving to New York and, you know, launching a solo career? Was it a tricky transition? Uh, not, not totally. It was, um, I sort of, I took the, uh, the route, I guess, of like punk rock into a little bit more straight rock and roll songs and then sort of, uh, mellowed it out a hair from there. It's interesting because I grew up, my dad, uh, plays blues harmonica. So when I first started playing guitar, I was learning a lot of more blues and like kind of country finger picking, uh, was sort of my main guitar thing as a kid. And, uh, punk rock sort of was my own little journey I went on. Uh, but I always have, I sort of, my main thing when I'm listening to music is often actually like country blues and folk and, uh, like, you know, the Tom Petty's Neil Young's of the world. Right. That's awesome. That, that's, yeah. that's very cool. So, and it, it must also give you, I mean, if you, if you spent time learning those blues and country finger picking styles, which I mean, I mean, in a lot of country music, the finger picking is, is extremely difficult. But, I mean, it must have also allowed for your playing, I mean, to be a lot more, I mean, this is, I mean, as a guitarist, like a heavy-handed kind of playing, you know what I mean? Do you, do yeah, yeah, I'm more, um, yeah, I've been learning, like, uh, for example, I do, I like, originally learned a lot of uh, Elizabeth Cotton songs, actually. She was a, a North Carolina finger-picking blues woman in the 60s, 70s. And then lately I've been doing a lot of Chet Atkins, which is oh, cool. super tough. <laughs> it takes yeah. forever to learn one of his songs, but I always get quite a bit out of it. And uh, I end up finger picking a lot, actually, in my own stuff. Even songs that uh, I could play with a pick, I end up finger picking just to kind of add a little texture in there. Yeah, and it gives it that nice, you know, it's a bit of a softer sound, like a lot more, I guess, intimate would be a word that could be used. To yeah, it, yeah, the, the sound of a finger hitting the string as opposed to a plastic pick. Uh, yeah, it just hits my ears a little bit nicer for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Well, anyway, thank you very much for uh, answering my questions. It was very nice to talk to you. Absolutely. Good talking to you as well. And uh, Doug, what kind of guitars are you playing these days in terms of brands and styles? I do a, a lot of Fender Jazzmasters. I have three <laughs> Jazzmasters and I actually just got a Telecaster recently, I guess partly inspired by my Tom Petty phase I'm going through, not to keep talking about him. And then I have an amazing Martin acoustic that I bought probably 10 years ago that I just haven't found another one like it that I play incessantly while I'm home. Wow. Very, very cool, man. So literally yeah. like some of the nicest guitars ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I try, yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's awesome. That's so yeah, cool. I've a, I have a friend that's sort of a, a jazz master genius, and he gave me a few tips on how to tweak the pickups a little bit. So I have them pretty set up exactly how I like them, which is nice. That's, that's so cool. Yeah, so you must be getting ready to uh, go on tour, as you mentioned, in 2016 with all your new gear and your new songs and your band guys now. Are there any other artists in the States that you are, you're looking forward to playing with or touring with? I mean, I'm aware that the scene in the States in terms of singer-songwriters these days is, is amazing. There's just so many great guys out there. Who do you look forward to maybe touring with or jamming with in, on the scene? I love the, the War on Drugs. I'm, I'm sure they've made it down South Africa. They're one of my favorite bands just going right now. Unbelievable band, musicians, and people, nicest guys. There's a guy named Phil Cook who played on my record. He played a lot of the keys on my record, who just had a record come out last Friday 
that I think is unbelievable. There's a band called His Golden Messenger out of North Carolina that I love. They're kind of a little bit of like a country rock, but with a really just a cool sound, great players and great musicians. A guitarist named William Tyler is phenomenal. There are so many. There's just a, it's an interesting golden age of music. I feel like right now, I know every, every decade probably says that, but I feel like there are so many great bands and musicians coming out and just people doing some very interesting stuff that I get pretty excited about. Even last night, I went to see a friend of mine play in a band called Circuit des out of Chicago. And they're not that big, but they were just super interesting. And the, it was had a lead singer that played a 12 string finger pick, but sort of doom metal with an acoustic guitar. I don't know how to explain it. It was sort of tribal. It was, it was a cool band. Yeah, well, I mean, I've traveled around the States a bit as well. And if I go and watch a band, I always discover another four or five bands and I always get so excited yeah. because there's just so many great artists out there. And, and that's why I love doing the show down here in Cape Town, South Africa, because we get to, I suppose, promote music and discover music. You've just mentioned a whole bunch of other guys that we can go and look up. And every week we have different guys on the show. And it's just amazing that we have the internet today that we can broadcast like this. It's it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it is. And more bands I've heard of, of going down to Cape Town actually to play. I've had some friends go down for a show or two down in South Africa, which I think is great too. So if you ever want to come down to South Africa, Doug, we'd, we'd be happy to have you. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I was there at about nine, no, eight years ago now, actually. We, I went down for a vacation and had an absolutely amazing time. Great country. Awesome. Did you come to Cape Town? I did. Yeah. I was there for about five days, actually. It reminded me a bit of San Francisco, actually. There's similar, I guess, weather and waterfront Mm, kind of thing. It was beautiful. hear that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure. Well, next time you come, you you can't get away with not playing a show. You must play at least one or two shows while you're here, Doug. Sounds good. I'm I'm looking forward to getting back there at some point soon. Now, interestingly enough, you actually have your own record label called The Village Label. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So do you put out any other records by other artists or is it just your own stuff right now? It's just my own stuff right now. The The idea was to put out other people, but I'm just a little nervous about taking on someone else's career. I just, it's a, it's a lot to take on for any, any label. So I want to, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it right and commit a lot of time to it. And between playing in other people's bands and doing my own thing, it's just sort of hard to find the time to do that at the moment. For sure. For sure. Well, we look forward to the release of your new record and I'm always interested to know who you're going to play with on the record. I know in your last one, Pony, where we've played a whole bunch of tracks from today, you actually had uh, Jay Mascus from Dinosaur Jr. play on some of the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a huge dream come true for me. I've been a Dinosaur Jr. fan forever and was lucky enough to meet him a few years ago and just wrote him one day to see if he had any interest. And to my absolute disbelief, he wrote back and said, yeah, sure. When do you need him? And sent me some guitar parts to use, which was just unbelievable. So he's a, he's a great guy and just a huge influence on my guitar playing. So that was, that was an honor for me. Yeah. I think he actually has his own signature guitar. I think Fender have got a dinosaur junior guitar art, if I'm not mistaken. That, that, that was what uh, originally steered me to the jazz master. Yeah. He's a jazz master uh, aficionado and I just love his tone and sound. And so I originally picked up a jazz master as a kid because I love his sound. So, and of course his solo records are also pretty epic. Oh yeah, yeah. They are. They should definitely be checked out. If uh, if you, yeah, he's an unbelievable. So he actually he's an amazing songwriter, guitar player, and his singing voice is just still amazing. I don't know. There's something. He's a he's a magical musician. Not underrated per se, but just I wish more people knew about him and followed him. 
Well, yeah, thinking about songwriting and vocals, how do you go about writing your songs and thinking about your vocal melodies? I mean, you've got such a unique voice. What can you tell us about the process of songwriting specifically with the vocals? I typically, um, I come up with guitar parts. I'll watch, uh, I like watching sports mainly to play guitar. Uh, so I'll watch like racing or like American football. And I actually got into rugby. I was down during the World Cup of rugby when I was in South Africa. So I kind of got sucked into that. Uh, so I'll put on some sort of sporting event that I halfway pay attention to and I'll play guitar and I'll come up with something and then kind of just mumble fake words in a melody over and then try and write words to fit the melody and sort of rhythmic pattern of what I was mumbling. So the words definitely come last, but the vocal melody and the guitar part kind of develop together, I'd say. Awesome. Well, it's so cool to get some insight into your songwriting and also to find out that you've actually been to Cape Town. That makes me super stoked. What do you say, Brian? Yeah, that's, that's quite exciting. It's very, very cool that you've been down here. I feel like Doug is in the room with us right now in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like I know you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Having an open conversation right now. Yeah. Well, Doug, I hope that we get to meet you one day at one of your shows, either in South Africa or in the States. It would be great to you know, have a drink together. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're ever in New York, look me up. Awesome, man. And we really look forward to your new record. I wish you all the best in the writing process for that in the tour. And I think 2016 is going to be an epic year for you, man. I hope so. It's been, been a good ride so far. We're going to play one more song from your last record, Pony, and it's called Black Metal Black. Can you introduce it for us? Yeah, this song uh, started as a pretty folky, mellow, kind of guided by voices-ish number and uh, slowly developed into what you're about to hear with a uh, the snare hit at the beginning is totally influenced by Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone. I love the way that record starts with just a snap and then the whole band drops in. So Awesome. Thanks so much, Doug. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thanks. See you later, man. Bye-bye.